Greetings in Jesus' name this morning. If you want to turn to John chapter 1, I'm going to be reading the whole chapter there, John 1. John 1, beginning in verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him, and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake, he that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace." For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. And this is the record of John, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Art thou Elias? And he saith, I am not. Art thou that prophet? And he answered, No. They said unto him, Who art thou, that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What sayest thou of thyself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet, he saith. And they which were sent were of the Pharisees. And they asked him, and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then, if thou be not that Christ, nor Elias, neither that prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you, whom ye know not. He it is, who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latch it, I am not worthy to unloose. These things were done in Bethabara, beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me, and I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water." And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him, and I knew him not. But he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bare record that this is the Son of God. Again the next day after John stood and two of his disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, 
Behold, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith unto them, What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? He saith unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt, and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon, and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus, and when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is being interpreted, a stone. The day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee, and findeth Philip, and saith unto him, Follow me. Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip findeth Nathanael, and saith unto him, We have found him, of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him, and saith of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Nathanael saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Nathanael answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these. And he saith unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter ye shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. I, um, I've decided to um, preach on the book of John. Um, and so I want to, yeah. I don't know how long it's going to take. I don't know how long it's going to take to go through John. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to get through the first chapter today. A little bit more on that later. Um, but talking about John, who was John? Um, a little bit of a history, some facts about John. John was a son of a fisherman named Zebedee, and his mother was Salome. And some say that his mother was a sister to Mary, Jesus' mother. Zebedee was, um, and John here, were probably from Bethsaida. Now John had a brother, James, and this is not Jesus' brother. Um, so James and John here were not brothers to Jesus. Jesus had a brother, James, also. John is to be is believed um, to be approximately 25 years old when he began to follow Jesus um, here. John was the one that um, said um, he was the, probably the most loved of Jesus. Um, he was with Jesus on a lot of accounts on the Mount of Transfiguration. He was with Jesus in the agony in the garden. He was with Jesus at his crucifixion. When Jesus was on the cross, John, or Jesus told John to take care of his mother, and it's believed that Mary, Jesus' mother, lived with John till her death. John was present in Acts at the day of Pentecost, and um, John is believed to continue in Asia 
till his death, approximately 60 years, 68 years after Christ's death. In about AD 95, John was banished from Ephesus and carried to Rome, where he was immersed in a cauldron of boiling oil, where he escaped unhurt. And it is believed that John is the only disciple of Jesus that died a natural death. He was believed to be around 100 years old when he died. The Gospel of John is believed to be written sometime between A.D. 68 and 97. There's some varied um, accounts on when, when the Gospel was written. Jerome says that John continued preaching when he was so enfeebled with old age that he was obliged to be carried into the assembly and that not being able to deliver any long discourse, his custom was to say in every meeting, my dear children, love one another. John also wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John and Revelations. Now there are five Johns in the Bible. In the first chapter here we read about John. This is not the John that wrote John. This was John the Baptist. So we have John the Baptist. We have um, the disciple Peter. His father's name was John. And we have John, the apostle, the one that wrote John, and 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John in Revelations. We have John Mark, um, and he's some say he maybe wrote the Gospel of Mark. Um, and then in Acts 4, 5, and 6, there's a, a John, a member of the high priest family. I didn't realize there was five different Johns in the Bible, but that was an interesting fact to me. Why John? Um, what is the purpose of, of the Gospel of John? What does John want? Um, what is the message that John wants to bring out? And I'm going to use this as the key verse, and I'm going to be referring to it every time when I preach out of John. And that is in chapter 20, verse 30 and 31. I believe is the message of the whole Gospel of John says, And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which were not written in this book. So there's many other things that Jesus did that are not written in, in the Bible, in the book of John. It says, But these are written, that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. So the whole message of the Gospel of John is that that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ and that believing you might have life. And so try to remember that. I know we forget, but I'm going to try to remind you what the message of John, what he's trying to say um, throughout his whole book here. And if you have time, um, read the whole book of John. It only takes a couple hours. Um, John here, one of Jesus' disciples, he was with Jesus. Um, he was his eyewitness. He was, he's seen firsthand what Jesus did. So try to kind of imagine that. Imagine that, that this John that wrote this book was with Jesus. He walked with Jesus. He's seen what Jesus did. Now you might ask, why John? Why preach about John? Um, 
I don't know. I, I was asking um, God what he wants me to preach about, and I've been thinking about it for a while, and I, it seems like um, I was pointed toward John. Um, I think John is kind of the, the basis or the foundation for, um, for the sinner, uh, for the Christian. Um, it's the foundation of salvation of being born again. And throughout the whole book of John, John is attempting to show us who Jesus is. Um, and he wants to show us who Jesus is, who God is, and his doctrine. Try to keep that in mind, too, as we're going through. John is trying to show us who this person is, who this Jesus is. Now, you might think that having messages on John is going to be boring. Um, sorry, I, I didn't write John. Um, you all carry it with you in your Bible. Um, and so my desire is to preach from John, preach the kingdom, um, and how we should live, how we should live as, a, as an individual Christian, um, if there's somebody here that does not know Jesus, that they would be pointed to Jesus and that we would know what, uh, what the kingdom of God is, what church is like. Um, so I'm going to be going through the first chapter here of John. I, like I said, I don't know how far I'll get, um, but we're going to go till um, I see it's time to um, end. Um, just going there to John, starting in the first verse, he says, in the beginning. Uh, there's one other place in the Bible that says in the beginning, and that's in Genesis 1. When is the beginning? Or when does the beginning start? Um, at the beginning, right? I mean, I, in the beginning, I, it must mean at the beginning, um, at the, the start of time, um, so he starts here, in the beginning was the word. This, this meaning of the word is, um, has the Greek meaning logos. And um, logos means something said, including the thought. Or it could mean a reasoning or a motive. But I thought it was interesting in the Strong's Concordance on the word logos, it says particularly in John here where he talks about the word, it's meaning the divine expression. Um, there's another word that will be mentioned here, and that's grace later on in a few verses. And that um, grace has the meaning of the divine influence upon the heart. And so the word logos here, the divine expression, um, the word, and not only referring to the word as the Bible, but the words I use have a meaning um, they have an impact and um, the first few verses here hopefully you can try to understand what the word what what this word means the divine expression and so he says here in the beginning so at the start of time there was logos and logos was with god and Logos was God. And so this was God. Um, 
says here that in him, or in God, was life. And this life was the light of men. And many times here, especially in the first part here, it talks about life, light, um, glory. And it's, yeah, I think it's um, referring to Jesus here and what it, what it means. Um, there's life, there's light. In verse 5 there it says, light overcomes darkness. Um, the word there, the darkness comprehended it not. It says the light shined into the darkness. If you think of a flashlight shining into the dark night, the darkness comprehended it not. Uh, not. Or the word comprehended there means um, possess or seize. So the darkness cannot um, seize the light or the darkness cannot possess the light. It, it, darkness has to go. When you turn on your flashlight, darkness is gone. Um, it can't, darkness can't overcome light. You can't shine darkness into light. It doesn't work. Um, light will always overcome darkness. And here it says, a light shined, that light, um, and the darkness couldn't overcome it. Darkness was gone. And now we go into John the Baptist account. It says there, John the Baptist, um, and remember this is not John who wrote this book, but this is talking about John the Baptist. It says he came for a purpose of being a witness of that light. Um, John was born before Jesus by, I don't know, a few months. I don't know if John grew up with Jesus, um, but John had a calling on his life to, um, to be a witness of that light. The word light there in verse 7 is capitalized, at least in my Bible it is. Um, and so it's, it's talking about more than just a light bulb. Um, it's talking about more than just a light. It's referring to somebody. Um, and that somebody is Jesus. It's interesting that the word light there is to shine or make manifest, especially by rays. And I thought that word rays was interesting because rays I think of as spreading out and out and out. It just it keeps going. Um, or the word luminous, um, we think of a, like a flashlight has so many lumens. Um, this this um, has the idea of luminousness um, or a firelight. Think of a candle. He came to bear witness of that light, that candle, that all men through him might believe. Um, here John was not that light. He said he was, he was only bearing witness of that light. It says in verse 9, there was only one true light. And um, so, yeah, there is only one source of light. The rays of that true light sheds rays on every man. Think of Jesus as the true light. And as those rays spread out and illuminate um, it sheds rays on every man. You might say, well, what about the person that doesn't believe in God? Well, I think still that person has, a, has some idea, some, something within him that he knows um, there is something greater. Verse 10 
verse 10 talks about that Jesus was in the world. The world here, cosmos, um, meaning um, orderly arrangement, wide or narrow sense, including inhabitable. Um, so this is referring to not necessarily the sun, moon, and stars, um, but referring to the inhabitants within the world. So it says the world or the people um, did not receive him. So why was he rejected of the world? Um, why was he rejected of his own? It says his own received him not. Why was Jesus put away? Why was he not accepted if he was the true light? Question for you to think about. In verse 12, he talks about um, giving power to the sons of God. Um, and how, how do you receive Jesus? Remember, John the Baptist is trying to point people, and John, who wrote the Gospel of John, is trying to show us about Jesus. Who is this Jesus? So how do you receive Jesus? In verse 12 there it says, believe on his name. Sounds, you know, maybe pretty simple, but um, how do you receive Jesus? Believe on his name. Verse 14 there, and now remember the word, talks about the word was made flesh, the logos, the divine expression, was made flesh. And it says, dwelt among us. This is probably referring to Jesus here on earth. Um, he was made flesh. But I'd like to uh, make it a little more personal. If you have been born again and are living in the light, you are that flesh. You are that flesh that is living among um, us here. People need to see Jesus. How do they see Jesus? Um, my life. I am this flesh. Do I, does my life represent Jesus? Does my life show I am not of this world, but I am a citizen of a heavenly kingdom? For myself, I need to bow my head and die and say, help me, God. Help me to live um, above my own flesh. Remember, if you are born again, you are a little Jesus. Seems like we are dwelling in a time now when God is a swear word and no one wants God to be Lord of their lives. Will you be that candle? Will you be that firelight in this world? The end of verse 14 there talks about full of grace and truth. Um, remember, this is telling us about God. So we're trying to understand who God is. We're trying to understand what God tells us about himself. And here it says he is full of grace and truth. 
and go down to verse 17. It says, Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. The law equals Moses. Grace and truth equals Jesus Christ. Remember the definition of grace, their divine expression upon the heart and the reflection in life. Um, does my life reflect that grace? No man says no man has seen God any time. So if no man has seen God, how do we know God? It says that Jesus hath declared him. And that's what we are trying to understand, who God is, um, his doctrine, understand God. And through um, trying to understand God, it comes through Jesus. Jesus declares God. We can't see God. No man has seen God. And now it goes into another account about John the Baptist. A record of John the Baptist says that there was people that came to John the Baptist and said, Who are you? Similar to our Sunday school lesson today, um, except they were Jesus was asking his disciples. But here the, the Jews, um, down further it says the Pharisees were the ones that were asking the question to John, Who are you? Who are you? People know who you are. In verse 19, they ask again, Who art thou? They're trying to figure out, um, or 22, Who are you? I'm trying to figure out again. John wasn't really answering their questions. And in verse 22, they ask again, Who are you? And um, what do you say about yourself? And then John goes into talking about who he is, but... Um, when somebody asks you, who are you, and what do you say about yourself, what do you have to say about yourself? Are you prepared to answer? Uh, what will you say? If you believe the word and apply it to your life, if you make it flesh, if that word is in you, that logos, that divine expression upon you, you make it flesh, um, you will get questioned. And people will be asking you who you are. Why are you different? Why do you, why do you act the way you do? Um, what do you have to say about yourself? In verse 26, um, John is still trying to tell them who he is. And he tells them, you don't know who I'm talking about. Um, he's here among you, but... You don't know um, who he is. So imagine John here um, trying to describe to the religious folks of that day who this Jesus is, who this Messiah is. And then it says the next day, John the Baptist sees Jesus coming to him and he says, Behold, the Lamb of God. Um, I don't know... I'm just trying to imagine maybe what John's expression was. Um, I can think of uh, maybe awe, maybe wonder, um, maybe just a, um, his eyes maybe were wide, you know, 
wide open, behold, um, the Lamb of God. This is the one that I was talking about. This is the one that I've been trying to um, prepare the people for. What did he say about this Lamb of God? What did he say about this Jesus? <clears throat> he says that he taketh away the sin of the world. And um, just, just try to imagine you being there and you hear somebody say, this man is going to take away the sins of the world. And you say, really? This man is going to take away the sins of the world? Um, this must be the Savior. Now, a couple times here it says that um, John says, John the Baptist says, I knew him not in verse 31. And then in verse 33 he says, and I knew him not. I don't know what this is talking about here because it seems like John the Baptist um, would have heard of or seen Jesus growing up. And so I don't know that it necessarily, I don't know if it means that John didn't know Jesus um, before he started preaching about him and baptizing. Um, but it does say that he's seen um, Jesus or the doves the Spirit of God descending upon Jesus uh, from heaven. And in verse 30, uh, 36, he says again, Behold the Lamb of God. It seems like maybe this was um, between the time that Jesus was in the wilderness, that maybe John the Baptist baptized Jesus, and then Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days, and then when Jesus came back out again um, is when... Um, John says again, Behold the Lamb of God. Um, that's what some records say. Um, I don't know for sure on all that. In verse 34, again, we're trying to understand who this Jesus is. In verse 34, it says, The Son of God. Um, John the Baptist says that he bears record that this is the Son of God. And now John the Baptist had some disciples, some followers. In verse 37, it says there was two of them that when they heard John speak, remember we talk about the power of word, when they heard John speak, when he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, they left John the Baptist and followed Jesus. And in verse 38, it's interesting that when Jesus seen um, these two disciples leave John the Baptist. It says Jesus turned and saw them. I thought that's interesting. Um, apply it to your personal life. Um, when you decide or decided to follow Jesus, I think Jesus turned and saw you. Um, and he didn't say a whole lot. He just said, what seek ye? Now these are probably, in John's account at least, I don't know if it's, I didn't really look in the other Gospels, um, if these were the first words that Jesus said, but in John's account here, he records this as the first words that Jesus said, what seek ye? Um, and I think that's crucial to remember um, as we 
are trying to understand who Jesus is, try to understand who God is, how he wants us to live, one of the first words that Jesus asks is, what seek ye? When you made the, the choice to follow Jesus, why? Why did you choose to follow Jesus? What were you looking for? What were you seeking for? What was it that you didn't have that you were looking for? What was it that you didn't have that you were looking for? What seek ye? And it's interesting that John records here the second time Jesus spoke. He said, come and see. Um, it sounds like to me it's words of invitation, words of um, appeal, words of welcome. Um, Jesus says, come and see. Come watch, come observe, come look what I'm going to do. Um, Come see the, the works, the, the miracles. Um, Jesus probably could have had a, a sermon with them there and sent them on their way, but he didn't. He said, come and see. Come, come and, and follow me. And I think that kind of sets the tone for the whole book of John. Um, is John tends to point out what Jesus... Um, did um, it seems like John is inviting his readers to come and see and he's trying to point out who is this Jesus how does he want me to live am I willing to be obedient to him and his words if he wants me to change and live differently what if he points out an area in my life that is painful and I need to repent. Um, who is this Jesus? Will I come and see? Now this, the one of these two disciples that heard John speak the words of, Behold the Lamb of God. One of these disciples was Andrew. And it says, Andrew went and he found his brother. And Andrew says, We have found him. Um, I can imagine excitement in his voice when he told his own brother, Simon, We have found him. Um, we found the Messiah. We found the Christ. Um, and it says that Andrew brought him to Jesus. And notice that it says, Jesus beheld him. I don't know, again, um, I think Jesus pays, pays attention to those details. Um, Jesus, up earlier, it says he turned and he saw them. Here he says he beheld Simon. Um, looked on him. Um, and then he declares um, what, what Peter is, this is actually Peter here, what he's, um, he's called the stone. And now Jesus, or yeah, he goes forth into Galilee. And one of the other interesting things about John that I think kind of sticks out in the other Gospels is 
as John's records are mostly about Jesus in Judea or Jerusalem, um, where a lot of the other Gospels talk about Jesus being in Galilee. Um, John records um, a lot of what Jesus, Jesus accounts in Judea and Jerusalem, which is his home country. Um, it's where Jesus faced most of his opposition. Um, and you'll see going throughout John, the opposition that Jesus faced here. John records that. John um, points that out. John doesn't talk a lot about Jesus' other time in other parts of the country. Most of it's Jerusalem. It says here Jesus turned um, to go to Galilee, and it says that Jesus here um, called another disciple. He called Philip, and Philip followed Jesus. And then it says Philip findeth Nathanael, and Philip must have been excited about this. Philip findeth Nathanael, and it says, We have found him. Again, we have found him. Um, this Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael um, didn't think there was any good that could come out of Nazareth, and Philip said, Come and see. Again, Philip probably could have told him a little more about this Jesus, but Philip just said, Come and see. Um, do I invite others to Jesus in that way? Do I invite others and say, you know, just come and see. Um, read, read the, yeah, read about John's account and, and you will see this Jesus. And in verse 48, again, Jesus, when he's seen Nathaniel come, he says, I saw thee. Um, and this, this um, in turn makes Nathaniel um, worship Jesus. But Jesus paid particular attention to Nathaniel. Um, he says, I saw you. I saw you sitting underneath the tree. Um, Jesus knows each of you uh, personally. And it doesn't, at this point, Nathaniel didn't even know who Jesus was when he was sitting underneath the fig tree. But, um, so whether you know him or not, whether you know Je this Jesus or not, he sees you. Um, he has a way of, of um, showing him to me, um, drawing me to him. He, he sees us. And Nathaniel says, who is this... Um, Remember, we're trying to understand who this Jesus is, and Nathaniel says that he is the Son of God and the King of Israel. He is the Son of God and the King of Israel. And um, Jesus tells him he's going to see more things than these, but in verse or the last verse there, 51, um, he says, you're going to see heaven open, and you're going to see angels of God ascending and descending. And um, there's another account um, in Genesis um, where, where the angels did that um, to Jacob when Jacob was um, fleeing from his home there. Um, there was angels descending and ascending. This was an allusion to that story um, that Jesus was talking about here. Jesus would be revealed to them as the true and the final mediator between God and man. Um, Jesus was trying to show them that he's going to be the, the true and the final mediator between God and man.
So if you get a chance, um, read John. I'm going to be spending some time there in the next uh, quite a while. Why don't we kneel for prayer?